This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station. Mathematics is a tricky subject. Whether you're trying to learn it, teach it, or just try and talk about it, maths is tricky. Well, for many people, and according to my guest today, it can be a bit of a social burden as well. Richard Andrew is a former maths teacher and now presenter of PD courses that help teachers teach maths more effectively and in more engaging ways. He's been on the show before and it's a pleasure to have him back. And the social burden? It's been Richard's experience that any time someone finds out that he's a maths teacher, they immediately start to tell him about their experience with maths, whether they loved it, hated it, struggled with it, or whether it lit up their world. He's heard it all before. And he reckons he's pretty close to finding out why. One of the great things about speaking with Richard is that you can tell he's really trying to find solutions for effective maths teaching, and the conversation often takes many twists and turns. And he starts off with a great proposition today, which comes from some work by a cognitive scientist. Tell me about this cognitive scientist, Daniel Willingham, who has this uh, outrageous suggestion that the vast majority of people are fully capable of learning K-12 mathematics. I don't know a lot about him, but I did a bit of YouTube research, and he turns out to be not someone who was in the education field, but ran a workshop, and and uh, he was a psychologist, or is a psychologist, and found out that what he assumed was common knowledge with teachers wasn't. So he ended up getting into the education field, and um, um, so he's an interesting character, but he obviously did has done a lot of research. So this is his statement, which I found surprising, that he's saying that the vast majority of people are fully capable of learning K-12 mathematics. Now, do, you believe, reason, do you believe that? Well, I believe it. I, I don't disbelieve what he's saying. I mean, he, he's done the research. I haven't. I, I, had, um, I had a basic fear or... I'd made an assumption that the vast majority of us could handle junior junior high maths and that a number of people probably couldn't handle or weren't capable of the higher levels of year 12. And the reason for that is that um, the strange thing happens when you announce that you're going to be a maths teacher or you announce that you are a maths teacher and you're at a dinner party <laughs> or you just meet someone down the street, oh, what do you do? I'm a maths teacher. Oh, let me tell you about my high school maths. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. I must have had at least 100 people, maybe more, who have told me of their high school maths experience. In is that, is that because it's a, like, suddenly it's a, an outpouring? It's like a quasi-counselling experience? I just need to <laughs> unburden myself? <laughs> the thing is that most of the comments are of the negative type, of the, oh, I sucked at maths, or oh, I was hopeless, or I didn't really get maths, or I didn't like school maths. And, you know, I've been sort of keeping a rough, you know, a tally in my head. And I, I think 60 to 70 percent of the respondents that haven't been asked to respond, the uh, free volunteers, have um, said that they didn't really get maths at school. So I, from, the, from that, I'm thinking, OK, so if you look at the concepts behind junior maths, we're talking about, um, you know, these people didn't make it to integral calculus and imaginary numbers and matrices. 
they they dropped out before that those levels. So clearly they are struggling with uh, fractions, decimals, percentages, basic algebra, trigonometry, you know, junior maths. So I just assumed that, well, I clearly, you know, junior maths is not that difficult. So there's a lot of people struggling with um, junior maths and therefore I, I would assume that they're probably not capable of senior maths if they're struggling with junior maths, which is not that difficult, you know. So that, that was my reason for just assuming that it, if we were going to make a statement like this, I'd say the vast majority of people were fully capable of junior high school mathematics. So when Willingham comes out and says, no, nah, it's K to 12, I was like, wow, we've got a bigger problem than I thought. And this is always a difficult subject as well. What do you do with cumulative gaps in knowledge? And again, you could apply this line of thinking to any subject. This is sometimes also talked about in the context of standardized tests, but we're not going to go there in this discussion. Well, it, presumably it's, uh, it would make sense that if you, if you think you've got students who are struggling with junior school maths, that high school maths would be difficult, right? It's, it's, a gap has been created uh, or a, you know, a gap in the knowledge over a couple of years, which, which will have a cumulative effect, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that was a surprising statement to, to discover. So many students then, you think that that's worth extrapolating out into just broadly, generally, many students are not coping with maths. Is that valid? Well, well of course, my, every maths teacher's unintended survey of adults, um, unintended because you're at a dinner party and they tell you how they were at maths, uh, we're talking adults who are, are reflecting on their high school maths experience. I mean, some of these people are maybe teenagers who happen to be at the table, oh, yeah, I, I'm not good at maths either. Um, and not everyone. I mean, some people are, oh, I love maths, you know, and I'm an engineer and it was fantastic. It lit up my world and that's great. But that's that's unfortunately the minority. So um, the reason that I extrapolate that out to many students, um, and I, I was sort of looking, I, I, I don't know that anyone's actually researched this from a point of view of, well, let's just go and survey a whole lot of students and interview them and not just look at their standardized test results, but find out whether they are coping or think they're coping and, or whether they're struggling with maths, you know, what their feel of it is. But my sense is that um, it's a majority of students who are, who are struggling with junior maths that is not that difficult. Um, and the reason I say that is because I sort of had an unusual um, ride, I suppose. Uh, so I've had 25 years of, of maths teaching experience, including a head of department experience, including uh, some consulting experience. But part of those 25 years was casual teaching in three different states. So I was a bit nomadic. So I had found myself spending time, for example, in Darwin, where I was doing a lot of mass tuition, a lot of casual teaching, but hospitality. Um, so that's put me in inside probably 200 plus maths classrooms, which, which is, is a kind of a, it's kind of a quasi form of random sampling i mean not you know if there's any yeah. researchers listening to us now they'd say well hang on a second that's not really random sampling but but, but it's but it's a fairly random experience right because you don't yeah. really know where you're going to get called up and which class you're going to get assigned exactly. to so, so your personal exactly. experience could be described as being pretty random yeah but i'm not suggesting it's research i'm just and, it, and it's actually a small sample space but just because i'm a casual teacher doesn't doesn't play any effect because i've found 
that you can just while walking into a classroom, you can know straight away whether students are coping with maths or not. You can tell that you can read the vibe. And I've been into some extraordinary classrooms where students are just totally on the ball and milking you for everything you can support them in this lesson. And then a lot of other classrooms where you go, wow, okay, we've, uh, the horse has bolted some time ago here. And, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you do what you can to convince the kids, hey, look, I'm really good at explaining this. Why don't you try me out? So, yeah, I think I've, you know, my range of experience and my gut feeling, talk, talking to other teachers, um, I, I think it's pretty obvious that there are, um, well, especially seeing as William, Willingham says that most, most students can handle K to 12 maths and there's a lot a lot that are not coping with um, junior high and below, I think uh, there's an issue there. So understanding versus procedures or conceptual approaches as opposed to procedural approaches. What's this all about? You spend a lot of time thinking about the difference between what you call understanding maths versus knowing the procedures of maths. And and I guess uh, if I can think about it in slightly different words, uh, I might want to say, well, I can do the maths or I can't, uh, or I understand it or I don't, or I can understand it or, I, or I'm trying to work through the procedures. What's, what's the difference here? What's the difference between understanding maths and just being able to do the maths? Well, that's a very good question. Um, and I think a lot of people get, they assume that understanding the maths means being able to do the maths all right so i'm teaching my kids i'm using a procedural approach mostly and i'm if if my students have done well on the test um they can clearly do the maths so my assumption is that they understand the maths and i don't think that's necessarily um the case because there's there's a couple of things a couple of types of understanding or there's a way of looking at understanding that I'm going to suggest, and that in this context, you can look at understanding from a perspective of, do they understand how the procedure works? Have they really got their head around this procedure and to use that in this context? And there's another level of understanding, which I think is at least equally important, um, and that is, do I understand the concepts upon which this procedure is based? So are you suggesting a, a slightly different approach to a math? I mean, look, I'm not a maths teacher and I've never taught a maths class, but are you suggesting an approach where you might actually come into a classroom and have a conversation about maths rather than saying, okay, kids, open up your textbooks to page whatever, chapter two, uh, and let's just start working through some theorems uh, and here's how you work through them. So you, as in come into class and say, why don't we talk about this concept concept for a while? What do you understand this concept to be? Is that where we're going? Well, that could that could occur um, in in either a procedural approach or a conceptual approach, um, and that's absolutely important. And some and some as a lot of math teachers that are very good at that. Um, where one of my um, mantras, uh, or something I've been thinking about recently, is this um, idea of should should students be understanding the work that they are working through for the majority of maths time in lessons <laughs> which which <laughs> which why are you laughing <laughs> i think that's i think that's interesting because that means that by default they could actually be working through the work and just totally not getting it 
Like here I am well, doing here I am doing the formulas. I'm running I'm running the numbers, but I don't actually get what I'm doing. Well, if you, this is going to take five or ten minutes to flesh out. This is a really interesting conundrum, and it's applicable to any learning situation, really. Have you ever been in a situation where you've needed to explain something and you can see your students actually doing what they're supposed to be doing, but you get this uncomfortable feeling that they don't really grasp it? Do you just run with it? Richard takes us deeper into his thinking. One of the things I, I mentioned in, in, this art, in the, a recent article I wrote is that if we ask maths educators, look, is it important that students understand maths? We all will say yes. We all agree. Everyone's doing their best with the tools that we're using, the strategies we're using to have our students understand as best we can. We're all trying to do that. So, yeah, absolutely, it's important. Why, even you are, why are you even asking the question? But if you then rephrase that question and say, do, is it important that students understand the work that we give them for the majority of lesson time? That's a whole other question. They go, well, hang on. I'm not even sure if that's possible. And... Um, the the reason I've got to think about this, or um, I'm not sure quite what put me onto it, but I, th I think there's something, it's something worth looking at. Now, this is one of the reasons why I enjoy my discussions with Richard so much. He's very willing to stand back and evaluate his own approaches with brutal honesty. Similar to a conversation I had with Richard a few months back, where he told me that one of the biggest obstacles in his classroom was himself. It's interesting to hear Richard talk about his own experiences teaching procedures first and then realising that he could be doing things a lot better. In this context, let's call this a procedural first, a procedures first approach, right? Yep. So I used to be yep. a procedures first teacher. So I would walk into a maths classroom with a procedures first mindset. And what that meant was my number one aim was for was to teach the next series of procedures of the units and to have students successfully practice those procedures five, 10, 20 times, whatever was necessary, um, as accurately as possible, so that they would hopefully understand or get a feel for why or how that procedure works and then move on to the next procedure. But I never considered it a priority. I thought that's what teaching was. That's all I ever did. I mean, and, and I'd still try to, throw in, in, try to include other sort of engaging type of things, but because no teacher uses only a procedures first mindset. But I'm saying that my default um, go-to was to teach procedures. And I think that's still predominantly the paradigm that most maths is delivered to students today. I have reason to believe that. But there's a, pro there's, there's a problem. Now, this is not to criticise teachers because everyone's doing the best they can. And you know, I think there's a perhaps a lack of uh, training in, into what's, what, what other options are there. Great point. What other paradigms or ways of teaching are there? What if everyone is doing the best they can? Well, like I've mentioned, Richard's very committed to his ideas and always keen to throw something into the ring for debate. But here's, here's, here's my take and see what you think of this. I think there's a, <laughs> there's a, flaw, there's a flaw in that approach because if I'm, if I'm going to a, a, a bunch of students in a maths class with, a, with this procedures first mindset and I'm teaching them procedures, then surely by default, I have no, no choice but to have those kids having to work through initially at least some, some procedural, you know, copying, following my procedures where they don't understand what's going on. They're in the dark initially. 
And hopefully by the time they've done five or 10 questions, then they're starting to get a sense of this or are they just, have they just got the rote down pat? So what, so what you're suggesting that is if you, if you use multiple, like if you use a procedure-based approach and you do it enough, eventually students will just be able to do what you do and yeah. then somehow they'll understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Yes. I, I think that's, that was certainly, you know, if I'm being critical of anyone, it's me, but that's certainly what, what was in my head. Um, I, I wasn't doing anything directly. I, I had no mindset of like, okay, now I really want to do something about students understanding this concept. It, it all came within the procedural approach. Um, and, and, of course, you know, I, the reason I think that's an issue is because if, well, I don't know about you, when was the last time you had to learn something um, and you just didn't get the instruction that was coming across or you're trying to read something and it just didn't make any conceptual sense to you whatsoever, but you, you kind of have to learn how to do this. Have you had a recent experience like that? Well, that stumped me. And I wondered if it was because I'd never really considered understanding things conceptually. Was I a product of procedures-based approaches? Um, no. No, I haven't actually. No. Well, <laughs> but that's not because I'm particularly brilliant. I just haven't had one of those experiences. Well, what, what, what blows my mind is when I reflect on my high school math experience, um, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't a, a, a geek, but, but I was, you know, I coped pretty well with, with high school maths. There were three lessons, three lessons in 12 years of maths where I did not understand what was going on. And it was in year 11. I remember it very clearly. I don't know what the topic was, but I didn't get it. I had no idea what was going on. Three lessons out of 12 years and I hate. I just did not like. I didn't want to be there. Didn't like maths. Didn't want to be there. Didn't know what was going on. Hated it. Three lessons in twelve years. And I, and I wonder, what's it like for so many students who really don't get maths or have that experience for most lessons? And that's where I've come back to. Well, maybe we should be thinking about having students understand what they're working on for the majority of lesson time, because. I know it's, there's ways of doing it, um, and, I, and I'm just proposing that I think the, the problem with a procedures-first approach is that it does have students, by default, doing stuff that they don't really get, they don't really understand. If the theory and ideas we've been talking about in this episode resonate with you, then make sure you listen to the bonus episode due to be released in a couple of days from now. Richard takes us through a practical example of a conceptual approach to teaching maths and some of the things to look out for if you're new to this idea. And if you've enjoyed hearing Richard's insight, you'll be pleased to know that the conversation continued where we talked briefly about whether this all leads to the conclusion that maths could actually be easy or even interesting. Well, kind of at least. I mean, I used to get that question, where, where is this relevant in society? And I, I realised that 90% of those questions, of the students asking those questions, are not actually asking that question. The question they're asking is, can I get out of this room? <laughs> it is. That's the question. It's like, I, I, I want to stop this process. I don't want to be here. That's what they're saying. And I don't blame them. But that's And so I, I, I started to... I mean, you've got to have rapport with these kids, you know, so you'd have a, a certain usual suspect would put that one up and I'd say, 
but let's call him Peter. Uh, he wasn't Peter. <laughs> hey, Peter, I know you're not asking question, that question. You just want to get out of the room, don't you? And they go, yep. I said, and then I'd, I would sort of ignore because I got sick of answering these questions to blank looks. They're not interested in my answer. Mm. They just want to pose the question. So well, that's I think what, yeah, well, that's why I asked the question. Maybe maths just isn't that interesting to people. Well, it's not interesting if you don't understand what you're doing. But I, I from experience, have seen where if you've got... If you... And that episode comes out early November, so keep a lookout. You've been listening to Central Station. To hear more interviews with educators making a positive difference, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favourite podcast app or visit the website, central.com.au slash podcast. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you.